The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thursday, April 28th, 2022, and it is indeed a heck of a morning here live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces and shortly thereafter, the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're having a great week, having a great Thursday. And before I get into everything, I know in some of the early shows, we would run down MMA birthdays and things like that. We've kind of veered away from that, but I would be remiss if I didn't Shout out a very special woman in my life. My mom. Today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Ma. Thank you for everything you do, everything you've done. She's down in Florida with my dad, living the retired life, driving around golf carts all the time, playing golf, just living the dream. And I spoke to her this morning. Her and my father are going to take a nice little trip to Sarasota, Florida for the night. They're going to have some fun. And uh, happy birthday, Ma. I love you very much. So we're going to have a very fun show today. There's a lot going on. I will say this. If you are listening after the fact on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, if you're listening here, you're going to miss out on this, but I'm going to give you another reason to download the podcast. At the tail end of our conversing here, you're going to hear my conversation with the former WEC world champion, multi-time UFC title challenger, coach, entrepreneur, the guy is like 17,000 jobs, including MMA promoter Uriah Faber is going to join us on the podcast version of What the Heck Had a, but a 15-minute conversation with him, talked about the new promotion, talked about Macy Barber and her performance this past Saturday because Macy is at Team Alpha Male and 
Uriah's seen a lot of changes in Macy Barber, so I wanted to get his thoughts on her performance, what those changes are in his mind, and then he kind of weighs in on the Bantamweight title conversation on who should be fighting Aljamain Sterling next, how he would book the top of the Bantamweight division if he had the magic pencil, and where's the matchmaking hat, like my best friend Alexander Kaylee and I attempt to do every Sunday morning on the MA Podcasting Network. So here's what I want to do today. You guys can certainly call in and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about because there is a lot to discuss. By the way, BTL live, 3 p.m. Eastern, MA Fighting YouTube page. Jose Youngs was victorious on the show last week. He called out our man GC, Connor Burks from the MMA Hour, George's own. Unfortunately, Connor cannot do it this week. He's a very busy man. So Jose is going to take on another man from Georgia who is happy to represent the state and try to give Jose a little bit of uh, some some comeuppance, if you will. It's Jose versus Jed Mishu today at 3 p.m. Eastern, MMA Fighting YouTube channel, and then shortly thereafter in the MMA Fighting, MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. So it should be a lot of fun, and it should be sort of explosive at times. Two trash talkers getting into it. You guys will decide who wins. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Coming up today, MMAfighting.com at 11 a.m. Eastern. And you may have already heard this on the MMA Fighting Podcast Network because the podcast went live. It wasn't supposed to be a podcast. We were bantering about this during one of our meetings, and it just became a podcast. Since the NFL draft is about to kick off in a matter of hours, we decided what would happen if we did sort of an MMA promotional fantasy draft. So it is myself, AK, Sean Alshadi, Jed Mishu, and Damon Martin. We all basically became the promoters of five different promotions. The UFC, which you will find out if you listen to the podcast, the promotion formerly known as Bellator MMA, the PFL, one championship, and when we threw Eagle FC in there as well. We did a five-round draft. I was Eagle FC. I got the very first pick of the draft. I think you guys will be very happy with that selection. I think you'll be even more excited with the second pick of the of my draft on top of the first selection, just a little teaser. And you could draft however you want. You could draft based on just the best fighters in the world, trying to make an impact, trying to do it from a business sense. However you see fit, you're setting yourself up for the next five years. And then next year when we draft again, we'll keep the same rosters. We'll add five more guys and we can mix and match from other promotions. So the topic of the day, the question of the day, and again, you guys are requesting to chime in. You can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. But the main topic I want to discuss today is if you are part of this draft, if you are an MMA promoter, if you had the first overall pick in an MMA draft and you could draft any fighter right now to build your promotion around, to make a splash, to make an impact, who would that fighter be? Who would it be? Is it going to be... A future star, a guy who is becoming a star. Is it going to be a guy who is an established name? Is it a massive star? Is it a champion? Is it a upstart, a, a future champion? Who's it going to be? It could be whoever you want. I mean, there's no real wrong answer here. You could justify it however you want. Like I said, it could be business, merit, high ceiling, etc. However you see fit, you could draft whoever you want. And let me just remind you again, we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. But that's what I want to focus on today, if, if you guys want to talk about that. Who would be your first pick in an MMA draft? And you can pick anybody you want. Anybody you want. All right? I'm going to start with uh, 
I mean, maybe this is a promotion in itself. Wildlife Fight Club. Good morning. Make sure you unmute. Hello, hello. Hello, what's, what's going, going on, man? I'm uh, walking a daughter, getting ready for school. Um, nice. Yes, sir. Love your work, by the way. Um, so, Thank yeah, you. man, um, my name's Zach. I'm an eye doctor from Alabama, huge MMA fan. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I, being the first one on the spot, just off the top of my mind, and I'm as, as, big, of, as a fa- a big of a fan I'm not of his, I think you'd have to go with Israel. Um, you got the villain story. You got him a rival already. Uh, and he's a superstar all across the country, uh, or all across the world, honestly. So I think if you had to build a promotion around one fighter, I think you have to go Israel. That's a great pick. I will say, just to uh, play a little spoiler, Israel is an early selection in our draft, As you will, if you haven't heard it already, you'll see on MMAfunny.com. So can I just ask why you're not a big fan of Israel Adesanya? It's not that I'm not a big fan. I think he's a, I think he's a, I think he's a great fighter, uh, and I think, and I, honestly, I think he's the best. I don't. I don't think there's anybody, especially after watching the Jan fight, I don't know if there's anybody, if it was a fight to the death, him and Nate would probably be the two guys I'd pick to win. Just they got the cardio and they have everything. Uh, I don't know. I just, um, I, I'm just not sure. Just some of his, I, I didn't like him humping, um, uh, uh, what you call it, um, Paula Costa. I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of that. I mean, I know they had a rivalry and I know he, you know, Paula was kind of being a douchebag about it. But, you know, after you beat somebody and just humping them on national TV, I, I don't know. I kind of got turned off from that. But, I mean, I still watch all of his fights. I think he's an amazing fighter. But he's not the guy that I'm like, yeah, this is my guy every time he fights. All right. Fair enough. Thank you very much, uh, Zach. I, doctor from Alabama, I appreciate it. Uh, I understand what it's like getting your child ready for school. I did that already. Uh, so, Zach is going with Israel Adesanya with the first pick. And you can't go really wrong with that. Let's bring Christopher in. We can have a draft pick, Christopher, or you can we can talk about whatever you want. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Mike? Good, you? Yeah, not bad. Heck of a heck of a birthday to your mom as well, dude. That's right. Um, That's right. Mrs. Hack. Mrs. Hack, yeah. What a legend. Um, okay. I want to take part in this draft. Um, I everyone's gonna pick Israel, everyone's gonna pick Gaethje, everyone's gonna pick Usman, everyone's gonna pick Connor. I'm gonna go completely left field. We are going to start a women's MMA promotion in the UK. We don't have one. You know, in, in the US, you guys have Invicta. In Japan, they've got Deep Jewels. So, we're going to do women's UK MMA, Echo Arena. Give me Meatball Molly McCann fighting anyone who sucks for the belt. <laughs> anyone who sucks, yes. you said? The easiest fight possible. Let her win a belt at the Echo <laughs> Arena in Liverpool. Let's make some history. Interesting. Interesting selection, Christopher. I appreciate <laughs> going a business. He, he's looking at it from a business perspective. Okay. He's going with Meatball Molly McCann, English promotion, women's MMA. He's going to make her the star. This is a business move from Christopher. Now, I will say, from a business sense, it's probably going to take a little time to get off the ground. But if you're going to build a, a UK women's MMA promotion, Molly could be a could be your star, and I think putting her in there and and getting her over, if you will, maybe not glorified squash matches, which I think you're kind of leaning towards, but kind of getting her over as a star, interesting selection. But like I said, there's really no wrong answer. Let's see what Joe thinks on this Thursday morning. Joe, how are you? Good. How are you, Mike? Heck of a morning. Good, my man. 
What's going Man, on? And I got to go with Patty. Uh, tough, tough pick over Chimaev. But if you're building a promotion, I think Patty's the guy you want right now. Why is that? Sells. I mean, I know here statewide, like he said, you go, uh, the last speaker said, if you were over in Europe, Patty's going to outsell anybody you could put in the States here except for Connor. And to me, Connor's washed up. So I'm going with Patty. All right. Joe is uh, selecting Patty Pumblet. So let me just say, um, just kind of going through these draft picks that I've already heard this morning. Adesanya is part of our draft. He went pretty early. Uh, Molly McCann, I know this is a shocker, did not get drafted at all in the first five rounds. But, I mean, listen, maybe next year. She does have the, the, the KO of the year right now. Uh, Patty Pimblett also did not get drafted in the first five rounds, although that was a that was kind of a surprise in some people's eyes because, I mean, you have to look to the future. You're looking at it from a business sense. Um, but everybody sort of justified their picks in different ways. Uh, it's pretty interesting how it all played out. Uh, the first overall pick has not been mentioned yet. I will say that. Um, I am Eagle FC. I made a selection, and it is neither of the names that have been thrown out there yet. Let's go to Dax. Dax, what's up, man? Hey, Mike. Um, How you doing? Pretty good. You know, I hate to disagree with the last guy said with what the last guy said, but I got to take Connor. I mean, even if he's washed up, even if he goes out and gets finished first round three times in a row, he's still the biggest draw by a mile, and he's who I want, especially to get eyes on my promotion at first. It's it, it, I I don't like the guy, but it's just kind of necessary. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're an upstart promotion, I, I feel like you kind of have to get Connor in there. I will say Connor was drafted, uh, and I will say there's probably some value on Connor in where he was drafted. He was one of those picks that I feel like all of us wanted, but we also felt it was kind of a risky pick. So, I mean, the way we sort of looked at it was we're running this like a business getting the fighter. We also have to negotiate with them. And then we're hoping, although they're competing in other promotions for, in a lot of ways, we're hoping that they compete for the promotion that they actually currently fight for. So we could kind of build value upon that. So if you bring Connor in and he doesn't fight, you know, what does that do? But again, there's value in Connor just being there. You put Connor front row or, you have him in the back doing interviews or something, just have him somewhere cornering a teammate or something. There's value in that. Look at the dent he made for Bellator MMA, just showing up and jumping into the cage and almost getting in a fight with the referee. I mean, that was huge for them. So that's a solid pick. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's a, a good business selection right there. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. As we uh, we welcome in our good friend, Tristan Gordat. Tristan, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How's everything? Wonderful. What's up? All right. So the draft, I would start it off with Max Holloway. I'm I'm going as the most exciting fighter that you could possibly see, starting off with Max, and then I'm going with Dustin Poirier right off the bat. That is just like must see. Like all I gotta be like, listen, just see one fight from this guy, and you'll be hooked. Or one highlight, just one highlight. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, I want to see this promotion. This guy is incredible. So, I think that's what I would start. And then I have a question. Um, one, my question is, uh, for this Saturday, uh, Saturday's card, uh, I want to talk about this upcoming prospect who's making a USC debut. Um, you reported it back in February, and that's uh, Tatsuro Tiara. I think his name is Tyra. Okay, Tatsuro Tyra. This guy, I mean. I went back. I just I did a deep dive on this guy, and I'm like, man, the flyweight division is needing more talent. And if this guy could perform, and I mean, blow the doors off in his UFC debut, I mean, what um, we might have now? We have um, what Muhammad Makayev, and then if this guy comes around, I mean, how do you see this fight going? I mean, again, I, I watched I watched some tape on this guy, and I'm like, man, this this guy looks he's serious. I mean, I might be getting ahead of myself, but I mean, if he if he debuts and he blows the doors off, I mean, the flyweight division is just going to be absolutely just just even getting better as we speak. So, your thoughts on that? And and uh, just so you know, told you about uh, my draft. So there you go. All right, thank you, Tristan. Uh, I will say, Holloway and Poirier were drafted. I'm not going to tell you where, and I will say they were both drafted in the same promotion. So get excited for that. As far as Tetsuro Tyra goes, I spoke to Tetsuro Tyra yesterday, uh, along with a, a very nice translator in Vegas. 
what a delightful young man he is. It's just a delightful young man. He does speak a little bit of English, not a lot, but he does speak a little bit. He's 22 years old. This kid is a finishing machine. The one knock on him from, from certain people, including members of his opponent's team, is that he hasn't really been battle-tested. That they kind of question his strength of schedule, if you will. Um, not, not that he's like beating cans. He's beating decent fighters. But Carlos Candelario's team feels like that they have fought better competition along the way. And I think that's a really interesting fight. Because Candelario is sort of battle-tested. He has overcome a lot in his career, not just in the cage, but out of it as well, dealing with some injuries. I mean, the man was out of action for like three or four years from one contender series fight, came back, fought for CES, got a win after like a nearly four-year layoff, and then goes on the contender series again like two weeks later, loses a controversial split decision, a fight that almost everybody scored for Candelario, he gets his first pro loss and then he gets a UFC contract. So this is a really interesting fight. I did ask Tyra about Mohamed Mahayev because I asked him what, what sorts of fights in these divisions stand out to him. He said his dream fight would be Max Holloway, although he doesn't feel like that's going to happen because he can't make 145. So he said, if there's any way we could shrink Max Holloway and turn him into a bantamweight, he would be a very happy camper. But he did mention Mohamed Mahayev. He did mention Tim Elliott as future opponents, obviously not looking past Carlos Candelario. But then I asked him what he thought of Mahayev's debut, thought it was tremendous. And then I asked him if he felt his debut was going to be better. And he said, of course, in English, of course it's going to be better than Mohamed Mahayev. So I would keep, if, if that is the case, I'd probably keep those two guys away from each other for a while. But eventually we get two young guys, a 21-year-old, a 22-year-old getting after it. That's just a lot of fun. But excellent draft choices. Let's see what Mike Lawson thinks on this Thursday. We're doing some draft chatter. We're talking about whatever you want to talk about on a heck of a morning. Mike, how are you? Let's make sure you unmute. Heck of a morning, Mike. There he is. My bad. What? It's all good. What's up? <laughs> I said, I'm hopping in all over this draft pick. How has nobody said Kamza yet? How? That the, I'm, the number one pick is most definitely Kamza. His rise to fame has been like none other. Everybody's been comparing it to Connor back in his prime day. I mean, take a look at his Instagram followers. I just took a look. 3.8 million. Dude, when was the last time you've seen another UFC fighter with such a short amount of time being there grab that many followers? The, it's exactly. The hype behind his is absolutely insane. I would have slowed him down. I wouldn't have given him Gilbert Burns. I would have let the fans cry, 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 cry. I would have built him up nice and slow, <laughs> fed him to the line. Like, no, 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 no. I would have taken my time with him, not rushed him, gone the whole double uh, weight class thing with 170 and 185. I would have milked that cow. That's a great pick. Yeah. That's a great pick, Mike. I will, uh, I will say... I mean, we're spoiling things, but yet the, the whole thing is listening to the podcast and reading it, the reasoning. Obviously, Hamzat was an early selection. Uh, he goes in the first round. Again, we have not knocked off the number one pick yet. Hamzat was not my number one pick. Now, had I gotten him late, if I was drafting later, I would have snatched him right up. But again, I was Eagle FC. We're here to, to make an impact. We're here to make a statement, and we're here to do good business. We're here to make money, all right? We're here to make real dollars. And Hamza could make us some real dollars, but 
we have to come out of the gate sizzling with some pizzazz with things that the MMA community is going to talk about. And I feel like my number one pick has done that. And then we top it on and then you add my number two pick on top of it. I mean, we're ready. We're ready. We're set for the next five years. That's, that's a guarantee. So if you're just joining us, it is heck of a morning. The NFL draft is coming up in a matter of hours. And we're playing a fun little game of if you had your own MMA promotion, who would you draft first? Who is your first overall pick right now? You're a brand new promotion. You have the, the pick of the litter. Anybody you want. Who is your first pick and why? And there's, you could justify it however you want. It could be the best fighter you think, the most exciting fighter. could be the best business. could be an upstart that you want to build a promotion around. It could be whatever you want. You can justify it however you want. I will say with my Eagle FC picks, I came out just on fire right out of the gate. I was way ahead. And then I knew I was had such a big lead that I wanted to do some different things. I wanted to do some star building. I wanted to bring in some good personality. I wanted to bring in somebody who could bring just ultra violence to the equation. Some people shook their heads at some of my later picks, but I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Remember, these are the first five picks. I still have the rest of the roster that nobody stole, stole from me from. So we can still do great things with the roster we have, plus these additions. And next year, I could build upon that. I think uh, you're going to love my, my first few selections. My number five pick, I think you might scratch your head a little bit. But just understand where I'm coming from. Read the description. Get my reasoning. And I think you'll understand. Let's get my man Patrick in here. Patrick, how are you? Good, Mike. How are you? What's up, buddy? Wonderful. What's going on? First pick, three words. Jorgen de Castro. (laughs) I, I mean, listen, I, I, I love me some Jorgen DeCastro, a New England guy, just a good, good, solid hand, good dude, solid individual. Great body, too. I mean, look at that guy. I mean, um, just just a multimillionaire waiting to happen, Patrick. <laughs> I, uh, I did. I cheated. I, I already had uh, I'm two picks in to the podcast. Um, uh, so you, you, heard, you heard my uh, my foe, my foe DeCastro pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't pick Jorgen de Castro. I, I like the uh, journey yes. that you took us on, though. That your first is that nice? We're we're nice, man. I'm, oh man, we're we're set. I'm gonna wait. We're to set over here long, to FC. I'm gonna wait to see how long it takes to get to your first pick. I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, yes, but I was like brainstorming what would my promotion be, and I was thinking about like the boogeyman, boogeyman. Uh, fighting championship and then i thought this isn't necessarily um like a pick but what would it be like if say someone gets declined three fights in a row because they don't want to fight them like a hamza or like a usman early in his career or even leon you know like someone or a marab Someone gets their uh, contract offered and they get turned down by three different fighters and they get like a ding, 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 boogeyman status. And then they go and they, they actually have a bounty and they go into this other little like side bracket 
that gives fighters incentive to fight them. I think oh, I like that it. would be a fun little thing to like put into uh, an existing promotion, you know? I like it. Thank you, Patrick. And by the way, I think this would be perfect for the PFL. Jed and I have been joking about the PFL. Not, not even really joking. We've actually been dead serious about fun things we could do with the PFL because they have the smart cage and they have all these statistics that nobody really cares about. But Jed has always, he has pitched the damage bar for PFL for a long time, which I think is a tremendous idea. And especially when Kayla Harrison fights, just thinking of different things we could do. Like I used to host, I used to host music bingo before I jumped on with MMA fighting. I would host like trivia nights. I would host music bingo. And what we would do is, we would play the fourth round. We would call it like blackout bingo. So you had to fill out every spot. And we would start the we would start with a $50 bounty. And if nobody hit it within 50 songs or less, then we would double it and it would just go up. So it would go from 50 to 100 to 150 to 200 to 250. And it would just keep building. And then once you got to like 500 bucks, we just gave it away and then we'd start we'd start over. That's how it should be with Kayla Harrison fights. There should be like a $10,000 bounty. Every time she fights, if she wins, now it's 20, now it's 30, now it's 40. And every time she wins, we just keep adding to that pile. We're adding more incentive to this. We also talked about bringing in a wheel, some different styles. Like Kayla has to fight with like one arm tied behind her back or she's not allowed to throw a punch, no takedowns. Like just, just have some fun. I feel like PFL is in a great position to do that, but We'll see. PFL is in, is in the draft, and uh, th- there's some very interesting picks from the Professional Fighters League. And if you haven't listened to the podcast, it is a lot of fun. If not, if you're more of a visual learner, the article will drop at 11 a.m. You can check out our draft picks. So, again, if you're just joining us, we're doing some MMA draft chatter. If you are a promoter, if you are running your own promotion, and we're doing an MMA draft, and you had the first pick in the draft, you could choose anybody you wanted, no one's protected. It's wide open. Who would you pick? We've had some interesting names from the callers. We've heard Conor McGregor. We've heard Hamza Shemaev. We've even heard Patty Pimblett. We've heard Molly McCann. We've heard Max Holloway. We've heard Dustin Poirier as an early draft selection. Israel Adesanya was another name that, that went early. I had the first overall pick in our draft, and no one has picked my pick yet. No one has picked my pick. And again, let me just throw this out there. There are no wrong answers here. Zero wrong answers. You can justify it however you want. Again, Molly McCann was a first-round draft pick in one of our selections, and I like the reasoning. We're going to start a UK women's MMA promotion, and we're going to draft Molly McCann. We're going to treat it like WWF superstars back in the 90s. We're going to put Molly in there with an enhancement talent. We're going to get her over. We're going to get her victories, and we're going to put a title around her waist. Again, there's no wrong answers here. Let's bring in the natural grappler himself. Good morning, natural grappler. Make sure you unmute. What's going on? Thanks for having, What's up? Thanks for having me on the show. So we're talking about draft picks. I got two for you. Number one, AJ McKee. Just a bowling, okay. just a bowling star. It's undeniable. Um you know, he's a wrestler. Uh, his pedigree, his dad. You know, he's 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 climbing the ranks. Even in the loss, he looks good, and he's only going to get better, in my opinion. But I got a better pick than that. 
Claudio Puelis. I've only seen this guy fight one time, but it doesn't take long to notice talent. And that man's got it. Uh, I saw him fight Clay, Clay, Clay Guida, and he had a knee bar yep. submission. Oh, my goodness. When you tell me that man's landed a knee bar submission in three primetime fights, that's all I need to know. Like, he's doing things that are uncon- unconventional, and he can r- climb the ranks pretty high. Uh, he's going to be a stable in the promotion. And I don't know. I'm just getting the uh, Charles Oliveira vibes from this man. So that's an ex- that is a very interesting selection right there, natural grappler. I like it a lot. I think uh, I think there is uh, I think there's a lot of talent. I think there's a very high ceiling for Claudio Puelles. He's won five fights in a row in arguably the toughest division in the sport. Submitting Clay Guida like that is not easy to do. And I loved the performance, honestly, because he had Clay in some trouble. Clay was able to escape. Clay had that look in his eyes like, now you're going to get it, son. And just when Clay was starting to get confident, boom, slick knee bar. He had to tap five wins in a row. If you haven't listened to AK and I show on to the next one, our matchmaking podcast on Sundays, I have the best matchup for Claudio Poyas. It is Jalen Turner. We put two streaking guys just outside of the top 15 right in there. We'll see who the better guy is. We'll see who is long for the rankings who is long for a title run. I like that style. I like that matchup. It's going to be fireworks. That's the way to go. I think that's uh, that's the way to go. By the way, I'm just going to give another little spoiler with the AJ McKee pick. AJ McKee is a member of Eagle FC, according to uh, to our draft. AJ McKee is part of my roster. He was not my first pick. But he is part of my top five, and I will explain why if you haven't listened to the podcast, or you could read it at 11 a.m. But AJ McKee is a member of my Eagle FC roster. Let's get our man, I think it was Zach, Wildlife Fight Club back in here. What's up, guys? I've I've had a change of heart since I dropped my daughter off. Um, (laughs) I've been thinking about it, listening to it. I think I, you know, I was bouncing. I was like, MVP's got the spark, even, you know, over in Bellator. I just don't know how his following is. But I think, you know, just to get something going, I might actually take Colby Covington. Um, really? It's controversial. Um, the landscape of politics today, we may set up like a Democrat versus Republican fight game. Um, <laughs> l- let him champion out the right. Uh, but, yeah, if you just want to bring eyes and somebody who's, you know, probably more hated than he is loved, uh, those guys seem to get a lot of love, and I think I might I might switch it up and maybe go with Col- Colby. Colby Covington, interesting selection. I will say, uh, Colby did not get drafted in the first 25 picks. Uh, but again, there's a number of reasons why we draft certain people. Although if I drafted Colby to Eagle FC, him and Ali and Habib all together under one umbrella, I mean, that would be interesting. But yeah, I mean, Colby's talented. He creates buzz and controversy and chaos, pun completely intended. He's a he's a great fighter. And you take him away from a division that does not have Kamaru Usman in it, and he's probably going to be a world champion in any organization that doesn't involve Kamaru Usman. Let's get our man Four Corner Sports in here. It is draft day. Maybe we get Four Corner Sports in here. We'll see. There he is. What's up? 
Hey, what's going on, Mike? Um, I wanted to talk about wanted to talk about uh the main event for this Saturday. And uh Okay. I was listening to what Marlon Vera had had said that um he doesn't have a training camp, he's always training um all year round, right? My question is is like so he's fully prepared all year round um for a five round fight. Now, who do you favor um, between Rob Font and uh, Cheeto Vera? This is Cheeto Vera's very first uh, main event. I think this is Font's second. I think Font's first was with, was it Jose Aldo, um, and then no, nah, this is third. Cody Garbrandt. oh, oh, that's right, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, my question is, what's the uh, Font's third? How many more chances do you think he has crack left at possibly competing for a title and? Um, who has more at stake when it comes to um, for this Saturday? All right, thank you for Corner Sports. Yes, this is a great fight. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It was kind of a shocking one, if we're being honest. But I I mean I like it. I thought Rob Font might have. I know Corey Sandhagen has been back. I thought Font Sandhagen was was a perfect fight. But alas, here we are. We got Marlon Vera, who a lot of people feel is quote unquote the next guy, a guy who could fight for a title sometime in his career. Clearly. I think the pressure's more on Rob Font. Here's the thing. Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera is an exciting fighter. He's got a great personality. He can talk some smackety smack. Interesting guy. You kind of want to learn more about him. Rob Font is a t he's a New England cartel guy. He's all business. He's like, he is, he is like a member of the New England Patriots. It's, we're not looking past our opponent. We're on to this to this Saturday. Our focus is on nothing else. Marlon Vera, he'll field questions about Sean O'Malley. He'll field questions about the champion. He'll field questions about other things. Rob Fawn is like not thinking about that. We got to win this fight first, then we could start thinking about that. So there's two sort of different, similar mentalities, but shaped differently. Font all business. Vera is a little more loose as a goose. Having said that, I'm looking at the betting lines right now. And in my eyes, this is a 50-50 fight. We have Rob Font, minus 135. The comeback on Marlon Vera is plus 115. Now, from a gambling perspective, and again, I do not gamble on MMA, this is a probably a dogger pass situation. If you're giving me plus 115 on Marlon Vera, you give me plus money on Marlon in a 50-50 fight, I'm going to go with the underdog. That doesn't mean I think Marlon Vera is going to win, but if we're taking it from, here, Mike, here's 20 bucks, what are you going to do with it? I think it's worth plus money to take a to take a dog shot on Marlon Vera. As far as my actual pick goes, I always when in a 50-50 fight, I weigh two different things. I weigh experience and big moments. And that's probably the most important thing is experience. When it's a 50-50 fight, I always weigh on the side of experience. Rob Font has been in main events, he's been in big spots, he's been in two of them. He has fought Jose Aldo. Marlon Vera also fought Jose Aldo. Font actually did very well against Jose Aldo. Not saying Vera didn't, but we knew clearly. I, I don't know. It's both were interesting fights. Font, like if you go and look at the numbers, if you hadn't watched Rob Font fight Jose Aldo and you went strictly on the statistics, not knowing anything that happened, if you just looked at the striking numbers, you would think Rob Font won that fight. Because Rob Font outstrikes Jose Aldo significantly. In that department too, but just overall, if you look at the actual numbers, it's it's kind of fascinating 
to see how the fight plays out. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull him up right now, real quick. But yeah, I mean, Font like I almost doubles him up on strikes. So significant strikes. Rob Font lands 149. Jose Aldo lands 86. Round one, Font landed 36. Aldo landed 26. Round two, Font landed 48. Aldo landed 23. Round three, Font landed 37. Aldo landed 12. Round four, 10 to 10. Round five, Font 18. Aldo 15. So we talk about judging and how to judge fights in 2022 all the time. Now, if you're looking for a perfect fight to judge and analyze how we get scores in today's modern MMA, that is the fight you go to. Because again, you look at it from a from a numbers perspective. If you don't have never watched the fight, you would think Rob Font won. You would think he won at least four of the five rounds. At worst, three of the five rounds. That first round, Font was looking real good. And then with about 30 seconds left, Aldo dropped Font, and the whole momentum of the fight changed. And then the second round comes out, and Font looked really good, landing a lot of shots. Again, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, statistics tell one story, but the actual fight is a different story. Font looked real good. Like, he looked good against Jose Aldo. He made a couple of mistakes. A couple of mistakes. He got dropped, got taken down in that fourth round, kind of got worn down. And that, I mean, that was the big thing. So him going through 25 minutes with Jose Aldo and having the success that he had through a lot of the fight, I think Font could win this one. I think his boxing is really good. I think his, his jab is really good. If Marlon Vera can mix in some takedowns and start to wear Font out and frustrate him and keep him guessing, that's his best chance to win. Vera's a good striker too. But if I'm Rob Font, I think it's pretty clear when you look at a Marlon Vera fight, what you need to do. You need to jump out to a big lead early because Marlon Vera is a slow starter. But once you get to that midway point of the second round, that's when things change. That's when Vera starts to turn it up. Third round, that's when he really gets cooking. So I'm really interested to see how Vera approaches a five-round fight. How is he going to handle it? Is he going to keep that same sort of energy and just use that first round to gather some data, figure it out, and then get cooking as the fight goes? Is he going to take two rounds of that? Is he going to take two and a half rounds of that before getting cooking? I don't know. It's a good fight. 50-50 fight, in my opinion. I really think it's a 50-50 fight. But I will lead my, – my official pick will be Rob Font via unanimous decision or by decision – uh, but Mara Vera is a very live plus 115 underdog. And if you're betting, I think there's value on Mara Vera plus money. It's a good fight. It's a really good fight. Out of the last post UFC 273 main events on a fight night, this is the best main event. Surely. Most competitive fight for sure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get a heat in here. Excuse me, we're going to go for like five more minutes because we're going to get this rolling again. If you're going to listen to the podcast version, you'll hear my conversation with Mr. Uriah Faber. So you'll hear that coming up. And then we got, by the way, Jorge Mazadal has uh, his arraignment from last week got pushed to today. So got reset. So we got that going on as well. Uh, so I'll be jumping on that uh, momentarily. Ahid, you have the final word, my man. Well, you got Usman. I've seen Usman chirping at Canelo again, wanting that payday. Oh. Payday. And you got Ali doing the same. It might be Ali on Usman's account. I don't know these days. Um, but if if this is the case, like we all know, it's for money, right? Like forget all that stuff about like boxing versus MMA because like Usman's talked about he wants a hundred million if he fights. He's open to fighting Jake Paul for 100 million. He's open to fighting Adesanya like for 100 million. He'll put the friendship aside for 100 million. So it's that number. He wants that Maymac type money. Uh, so this is what you do. You just you do like Connor's coming back. You just give like Connor that welterweight title shot. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like like Leon, like no, no one's deserving of it. And Leon isn't either. And I mean, the UFC is coming back to London. It seems Aspinall is probably going to be the main event anyway. So, um, cause Aspinall's talked about, he's going to have a big fight. Um, so you give, I've said it before. Leon doesn't deserve it. Like as in you, like we just saw with Dean Barry and Mike Jackson. It's so funny. People's hypocrisy because the thing is, is like Dean Barry pokes Mike Jackson. Everyone's like, how disgusting, disqualification. It doesn't matter if Dean Barry is doing well. Like, he like uh, he should be disqualified, blah, blah, blah. But uh, when Leon does it, oh, you know, we feel bad for Leon. Leon deserves a title shot. It just shows, like, the two sides. Like, as in, Leon nearly blinded the dude. It was worse in Leon's case. Um, so, no, Leon... Does not deserve it. Um, no one deserves it, to be honest, in that division. So you just give it to Connor. Let Usman have his payday. You do Leon versus Bilal. And you do Hamza and Colby. That's it. Thank you, Ahid. Always uh, appreciate your perspective. I think it's a little different. I think Dean Barrett... I, I think people just kind of wanted to see Mike Jackson win a fight, no matter how. But at the same time, like, what are the three fouls in a minute for Dean Barry? I mean, come on now. And Leon, if we're being perfectly honest, Leon should have been disqualified too. And I said that from, from Jump Street, Leon should have been disqualified. Turns into an O contest. But again, and maybe the Dean Barry situation changes things up. We have talked about it for a while. If you are a UFC fighter, if you are a UFC fighter making 10 and 10 or 12 and 12, why aren't you cheating in every fight? Why aren't you cheating? We talked about like, we talked about missing weight and things like that. Like if you lose 20% of your purse making 10 and 10, like who cares? It's not that big of a dent, but if you get some kind of advantage and you're going to be allowed to fight, 
and you still have a shot at that win bonus, like why wouldn't you just do that? You know what I mean? But it was good on Chris Ione. There were too many warnings. But then he disqualified him, and that was the right call. And even DC was like, oh, there's no way he disqualifies him. And he disqualifies him. That was the right call. The right call. Now, this Usman-Canelo thing, you know how, like, I don't know, for those of you who are on Tuesday's show, I talked about the Ultimate Fighter, and I talked about that coming back and how nobody cares that the Ultimate Fighter is coming back. And then I was jokingly but kind of half-serious saying that the one thing we care about less about than the ultimate fighter coming back is Henry Cejudo coming back. Maybe that's the thing we care about the least. I'm wrong about that. I'm wrong about that because the thing we care about the least is Kamara Usman versus Canelo Alvarez. I mean, that is just awful. Nobody wants to see that except for Usman and Ali Canelo. Canelo like will absolutely mop the floor with Kamara Usman. Like this is the easiest money Canelo Alvarez will make in his entire life. But even he doesn't even want it. He doesn't even care about it. It's the easiest money he'll ever make. But he realizes it's probably not going to be a ton. Like, who has actually come out and said publicly that they want to see Kamar Usman box Canelo Alvarez? The answer is nobody. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see it. This is not Ngannou Fury. And listen, let's be 100% clear here. If Francis Ngannou boxes Tyson Fury... He's going to lose. He's going to get his face boxed off. And Tyson's going to win that easily. Now, you mix in the different rule sets and you try to do it. You still have a terrifying individual in Francis Ngannou boxing Tyson Fury. You get two very interesting personalities. You get the UFC heavyweight champion taking on boxing's heavyweight champion. There's interest there. You could put those two guys on a poster, just throw a promotional video together of Fury landing uppercut knockouts and Francis just knocking dudes dead. That knockout of Alistair Overeem. Just use the promotional video of just those two just throwing knockouts and standing next to each other. Two massive dudes. I don't care who you are. Combat sports fan, MMA fan, boxing fan. There's a part of you that is at least intrigued by that idea. Even though Tyson Fury is going to win and win easily in a, in a straight boxing match. But the Usman-Canelo thing is just awful. I mean, there's literally no interest in that whatsoever. Like, Dana White's not going to promote that. He's not even going to, like, put his money into that. If I'm Dana White and you hear Francis Ngannou's interview on the MMA Hour and he says, the Tyson Fury fight has to be part of my new contract negotiation, just do it. Just do it and get it done. You're going to get a piece of the pie. And people are going to care. Is it the fight to make? No, I'd rather see Tyson Fury fight Anthony Joshua and fight Alexander Usyk, of course. And those are probably bigger money fights than Francis. But at this point in Tyson Fury's career, the dude is just done, he seems to be done just being a boxer, like a straight-up boxer. The man wants to go out, have some fun, and make some money. Floyd Mayweather does it. Why can't Tyson Fury do it? And there's money to be made with this Ngannou fight. Probably a nine-figure fight, as silly as that sounds. But Usman Canelo, good Lord, that's like, that's just not fun. All right, I'm going to get just simply Rob in here, and then we got to get out of here. Rob, how are you? Hey, uh, good morning. How are you? Thank you for the opportunity. What's up? Hey, man, quick question. Uh, 
are you guys are you talking specifically just about the either of those two fights the canelo or could we talk about other things in the community of usc as well i don't want to get off topic we can talk about whatever you want to talk about the main topic that we've had today is that since the nfl draft is coming up we the mma fighting crew we actually put together our own like five organization five round fantasy draft so the main topic of the day was if you had an mma promotion and you could pick anybody, you have the first overall pick, who would you pick and why? That's the main topic, but we can talk about whatever you want. Oh, okay, cool. No, I can go off of that. Um, active fighter. Do you want it to be active fighter? Or... Yeah, active fighter. Like if you have you, all the fighters in a room, you're Roger Goodell, you're jumping on the stage, you're reading off your first pick, who's it going to be and why? Well, that's a great question. I would probably, uh, man, I would have to lean with Usman or... Probably Usman, honestly. I would have to say Usman seems like the most. If Khabib was here, I'd say Khabib. Uh, but I would probably have to say Usman would probably be my first pick. I mean, listen, you got the best found for found fighter on the planet. It's not a bad pick. But again, you can look at it from whatever perspective you want. And we've taken a lot of calls about this. And again, now I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it because you're going to hear it and read it anyways. No one said my the first overall pick in the draft, which I had. I'm representing Eagle FC. You know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I will say as a hint, we, we said his name not long ago. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to tell you. My first pick was Francis Aganu. And my first order of business as the drafter of Francis Aganu is we are letting him fight Tyson Fury. Yes, we want a little piece of the pie. We're not going to ask for a huge piece, just a sliver, a very fair sliver. Francis Aganu, welcome to Eagle FC. Because here's the thing about France and Ghana. We get that Tyson Fury fight. Just the sliver we're going to make off of that fight is going to set us up financially for a, for a long time. And then I think you guys will like my second pick to kind of bounce off of that pick. A little little hinty hint, if you will. But we get Tyson Fury. And France and Ghana against anybody is just awesome. Like, put him in there with the organ de Castro. Put him in there with whoever. We all know what's going to happen. We're going to get a highlight reel. France is going to go in there. He's going to make money. He's going to be our heavyweight champion of the world. He's just going to bolt fools. He's going to win. He's going to do it devastating. And if he wants to go box, we're going to let him. If he wants to play tetherball with Tyson Fury in the middle of the Eagle FC cage, we're going to let him. He wants to do a 5K race with Tyson Fury, we are going to let him do that too. Whatever he wants to do, we are going to let him do. Because that's what you do as a promoter. You want to box Tyson Fury, Francis? Welcome to Eagle FC. You're boxing Tyson Fury. You want to do something else? Go ahead. We'll let you. But that was my first pick. But again, you can listen to our picks on the podcast network. The article is going to drop 11 a.m. Eastern on mafighting.com. And we are done. So thank you very much. I appreciate y'all listening. Podcast is going to be up in about a half an hour. And on top of that, you're going to get my conversation with Uriah Faber as he gets ready for his, his first event as an MMA promoter, at least under this regime. He has tried it before, told an interesting story about how that was put to a halt by the UFC. But some fun stuff there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, free for all Friday. We're going to have some fun. Uh, there's also an interview that's going to be on the podcast tomorrow with the brand new interim Bellator Bantamweight champion, Rafion Stotts. 
So that'll be on the podcast network tomorrow uh, on heck of a morning following our live show. And then tomorrow it's a free for all. We're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about 8 a.m. Eastern right here. MA fighting Twitter spaces. We got BTL coming up 3 p.m. Eastern live on the YouTube channel. Stay tuned for that. Jose Young's versus Jed Mishu. It's going to be fireworks indeed. And then I'm jumping off right now because I get it ready for this uh, Jorge Mazal, Raymond. So I'll let you know what happens either on Twitter or there will probably be a write-up of some kind on MAFighting.com. So thank you very much. Have a heck of a morning, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, let us say hello to a man who has worn and continues to wear many hats, former WEC champion, multi-time UFC title challenger. He's a coach, trainer, business owner. You may even see him as a as a translator from time to time. But this Sunday, <laughs> you will have the role of MMA promoter as we get introduced to Uriah Faber's A1 Combat, which streams on UFC Fight Pass. Uriah Faber, kind enough to join us right now. Uriah, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. First off, I know you've been a part of promotions and events that have streamed on Fight Pass in the past, some really innovative grappling events that we've talked about in the past, some team events. But here we are. You're in the promoter seat for an MMA organization. How did this happen, especially since you have like 200 jobs already? (laughs) That's the key is is having the right partnerships and having the uh, the right connections. You know, I would say my biggest strength is as a connector. You know, I'm I'm somebody that can stay in my, in my lane. And, and so I've got a, a great partner on this, uh, Tommy Anderson and his wife, Mel, that, that really do a lot of the he- heavy lifting. Uh, Chad Shepard, our, our matchmaker, he's actually got a, uh, a, uh, his own business that, that helps put matches together all across the nation. And, um, and then I bring in the relationships, the know-how, uh, and, and, and help put the, the pieces together. So uh, I'm pumped to have a new a venue uh, an amazing venue in the hard rock and part pumped to have the fight pass partnership. And now even more important is, uh, you know, a place for the fighters to, to really make their name and a, in a quality event that they're going to get treated. Well, um, it, it all is coming together. Yeah. It's, it's good to have the the right people at your side as you were alluding to. And, you know, you fought for WEC, you fought for the UFC, you had Dana white as a promoter. One of the guys who was looked at as, one of the best promoters in MMA, probably the most iconic, the, the most memorable. Have you spoken to Dana at all? Gotten some advice from the from the big man in, in regards to putting on an event like this? Not yet. I think I need some questions before I waste his time with advice because, uh, you know, I've had a lot of talks with Dana. I try to pick and choose my battles with that guy. And, and as soon as I have this event and it goes well or goes bad, and maybe, you know, we're doing May 1st and we're doing May 28th and 29th back to back. Uh, maybe I can get a little more advice from him, but I have been uh, reaching out to other promoters that are kind of on this level, you know, starting out and whatnot, uh, you know, regional guys and, and getting a lot of feedback because you know, I'm a student in this thing and on top of a, a crafty vet of the space. So um, I'll, I'll save those questions for Dana when I have some really pressing ones, not just to BS with this time. Fair enough. Uh Main event is for the flyway title on Sunday. Jesse Tafoya taking on Jack Duffy. Really interesting fight. I was surprised to see Jack Duffy's name up there because he's a really interesting story in this sport because he started off so hot in 2012, 4-0, four finishes. But I hadn't heard his name since like 2017. And it looks like he hasn't fought in a while. And I know he was a guy at a lot of people's radars, but 
your thoughts on Jack getting back in there and this title fight headliner against uh, an eight fight veteran in Jesse Tafoya. Yeah. Tafoya looked amazing. His last fight, you know, he fought in a, a show that was building up to this show and, and had a really quick knockout against a really tough guy that I think he might've been the underdog on that. Um, definitely come a long way with his experience. And then Duffy, he's been in and out of the gym for years, battling injuries. And he took a job out somewhere for a little bit and really trying to focus. But, you know, when I put him in there with the top dogs in the room, uh, it's very evident why he's where he, where he was before he slowed down. You know, he's a, he's a confident guy. He's been doing jujitsu since he was a little kid. Uh, he likes to fight. He's a scrapper. And, um, you know, I think, I feel like the muscle is going to be on the other side, but the, but the skill and know-how is on Duffy's side. So I, I'm, I'm excited for this, this, uh, this title fight for sure. I see that the great Teruto Ishihara is on this card too. Did I see that in the co-main event spot? Yeah. Teruto Ishihara is out there. And, and for those that don't know, Teruto Ishihara is probably best known for, um, you know, on top of having heavy, heavy hands, uh, saying how he loves his bitches and, and that he does, he's out here, you know, doing his thing. And he's been, he's had kind of a rough go. It's been really hard to find a guy like that. Who's a, who's a veteran, but had a little bit of a slide, uh, fights. Like people don't want to fight him because he's that high of a level. And then, and so if they do want to fight him, they're really tough up and comers that'll fight anybody. And then it's always a close fight. And then the pay is never where it should be. So I'm really excited to have uh, Taruto able to showcase his skill and show that he's still, still out there, uh, you know, putting it down for, for uh, the combat, A1 combat. We've seen a lot of fighters sort of get into this promotional space. Like Calvin Cater's been doing it for a long time. We've seen Mazadal do it. He's got a, a couple of different promotions now. One in MMA, he's got the bare knuckle. Anthony Pettis just got one rolling and others. What have you learned from those guys? I don't know if you've talked to them. I, I know you've talked to other promoters sort of in the same space, but what makes A1 combat unique and, and what in your opinion will make it stand out? Um, well, first and foremost, I've done events before way back in the day, you know, before we kind of had the blessing of the UFC, they kind of actually shunned it back then. I remember, you know, talking with Dana and Lorenzo and they're like, Hey, knock it off. <laughs> and, uh, the, the climate's changed, you know, I, at, at this point, there's a real need for content. There's a real need for a fight organization in our region. Um, there's a, there's a need for quality promoters. And, and I understand I've had I've had great promoters and I've had crappy promoters. So I, I understand that, that part of it and creating a fun, cool event. I mean, that's all good. I've had talks with, with some of those guys, I would say, you know, I, I talked with Anthony Pettis a little bit. Um, we share our experiences and then, um, you know, who's a, who's so savvy in the sport and, and kind of under celebrated about that is Chael P. Sonnen. That guy's been holding events forever. And he's been doing all sorts of cool stuff in spaces that other people weren't doing stuff. And so, you know, talking to a guy like Chael Sonnen, and, and I feel bad because Chael's going through some, some BS right now. Uh, so it's good to get, get him on the phone and just remember what a great guy he is and, and remember, you know, what a, a, a gem of knowledge he is in the space. Oh, yeah. I mean, when the pandemic was going on, he was doing like things in a mystery warehouses somewhere in like <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, for us. it was amazing it was uh some of the yeah. stuff he was doing so you're a very busy man i, I want to ask you about some other things as well because this past saturday macy barber picked up a victory against montana de la rosa and she was very physical and she used her strength and clearly won all three rounds very solid performance what did you think of it what stood out to you about macy on saturday 
you know, I've, I've had a pretty short time getting to know Macy, but you, you find it all out right away. I mean, she's all business. She's super uber focused. She's doing all the right things. She's got multiple coaches for, for her life in general. Um, she's always trying to get more time from, from, uh, the coaches on our staff and, and just a consummate professional. And I was glad to see, you know, all her hard work and dedication and self-belief come, come to fruition against a really tough girl. I mean, she basically, you know, beat the girl in her own game as a, as a grappler. And I think Macy had that in mind. She wanted to do that. So, um, you know, she's just setting herself up, uh, herself up for some more opportunities and, you know, I think she's going to stay ready for a short notice fight. She'll stay ready for whatever's next, but wants to climb those ranks and get to that belt. And, um, yeah, Macy's, Macy is somebody that, that, you know, does a great job at, uh, staying self-motivated and, and visualizing her success and having it come to fruition. So I was, I was pumped for that. I lost your, uh, your, your visual areas. Um, yeah, that was my dad's calling. He's probably going to call two to three more times. That's what he does. So. Just I'm warning you. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I know what that's like. It, what's interesting about Macy is that um, the Macy Barber who burst onto the scene was full of piss and vinegar. She was a little bit brash. She was probably more than flirting with the line between cocky and confidence. And now we're seeing she's a little more humble, still confident, still got that confidence, but there, there it is. You were kidding. But Told I mean, you. She's, <laughs> she's at least seeing things as a marathon rather than a sprint. So I, I know you haven't spent a ton of time with her, but what would you say is like the biggest change you've seen from her? I've talked about it with her when she first came in. Cause I'm just like, look, I know the team she's been on. She's been on with great coaches. You know, Duke Rufus is an awesome coach and, and the crew out in Denver, you know, Montoya, he's an awesome coach. There's all these great coaches that she's had in her presence. And I, and I just let her know, like, look, we've got a great recipe here. We've got great energy. We've got uh, a great atmosphere. Uh, we've got the right, you know, coaching staff and the right people in the room, but it's not about that. It's not about the secret move or, or this or that. It's about your internal belief in staying on the journey and, and growing with people, not trying to get something from them to get what you want. It's, it's, it's literally, you know, embracing us being in it together. And I think that she, she needs to stop. And she was, she, you know, she's 23. She'd been in like five gyms. And I said, Hey, I don't know what that's all about, but it's, it's, that's not the secret. That's not the answer. And, and so she had some influences in her life and some things in her life that I think, you know, we're helping her out to make those decisions. And, and now she's in a place where she's an adult. She's uh, figured that piece out that is an internal thing. And she's got that internal thing. She, she knows how to work hard. She knows about, uh, you know, discipline and she understands how to learn. She asks some great questions and, and, and is really somebody that, uh, has a goal and is going to stick to it. So, uh, I think internal internalizing the space of mixed martial arts versus making an external thing has been the key. Last thing for me, cause uh, I know we're running out of time. You're, you're on the scene, if you will, you're doing the, uh, the media tour, getting ready for this event, but your old buddy TJ Dillashaw is in the news because he's getting ready to get back in there. He's targeting a fight with Aljamain Sterling for the title. Now, since you're wearing the sort of promoter hat in this conversation, I'd love to get your opinion on this. If Dana White, your old pal, calls you up and says, hey, Uriah, you're the Bantamweight matchmaker for the next year. Would you <laughs> book Aljo versus TJ as the next fight later this year? Or would you say, you know what, TJ, 
I need to see a little more from you after the Sanhagen fight. How about you and Aldo? Five round main event, winner gets a title shot. How would you do it? Man, that's a great question. I would obviously love to see TJ Aldo, but I'd also like to see Aldo versus Aljo. Um, you know, I I don't think that TJ needs to show that he he's not there yet. Sanhagen could very easily be the champ or title contender himself. He's an amazing fighter, and they had a close fight. Some people thought Sanhagen won, but um, for, uh, you know, right now, relevancy, I think, TJ Aljo's the fight to make, and then Aldo, the, the winner of that at this time. Um, I think a TJ Aldo fight would be huge as well, but you don't have that that hunk of metal on the line, and so it's doled down a little bit. And then also uh, Aldo lost a yawn, and so I think the story is still uh, a TJ Aljo fight and or an Aldo Aljo fight because Aldo is, is somebody that has – taking that loss from Jan and really lit a fire and looked better than he ever has. So I'd like to see that too. So who gets it? You can only pick one. Uh, I would say TJ. Fair enough. You're right. You are the man. I wish I had another like 15 minutes with you, but, uh, we will wrap it here. Don't miss your eye favors. A one combat one event this Sunday, 6 PM. Eastern. You can stream it on UFC Fight Fast if you can't make it out to the Sacramento area. Should be a lot of fun. Uriah, thank you, sir. All the best to you, the team, and everyone involved with the event on Sunday for the rest of this week. I appreciate your time. You got it, brother. Thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the fights, guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.